Uh, thanks for coming this morning. Um, I would like to uh, introduce you to a very special friend of mine. It's my new Bible, and it's his first outing in church where I'm going like, to try and read from it. So if I get a bit lost, please uh, excuse me, because you know, when you get a new Bible, ev- everything's different. I know all the books are in the same order, but they're not really, are they? <laughs> you kinda, well, you're used to where you find you know, certain things and then like, the way words are spelled. And I'll set myself a challenge where I want to uh, like read different versions. And I, went, I brought like a, an NLT and I said, I said, so if anyone would like a free Bible, um, feel free. So and I went back to the, the NIV. It was, and like, it was the new NIV and then it was the, the old NIV. I'm thinking prefer the old NIV, but I can still work with the Northern Ireland version. It's kind of, it's good enough for me. And it, it's a good read. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of, but it's challenging when you find the different versions to, to find where you find your place. Um, today, I want to talk about the greatest invitation. And I think we want to start at Christmas um, and pick up a little bit from where Johnny spoke about. Um, Johnny spoke quite well about, about who God was and who Jesus was. And John 1, 4, John 1, 14, it, it's like a verse that, I don't know, like it, last year it kind of came alive for me. And I just, I can't get my head around it. Um, it just compl- it blows my mind when I think about it. And it's where um, it says, uh, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And just when you think about that, like Jesus, like God, you know the guy who made like the earth and like the universe and, and everything. You go for a nice lovely walk and it looks amazing and it's beautiful. And you're like, why? Like who, who chose to come and hang out with us? And the word dwelt, um, a wee bit of a Greek history, comes from the word tabernacle which is this idea that Jesus comes and pitches his tent up with us. Now, I, I went camping once. Um, I, I want to say I went camping. Um, I set up a tent in a campsite and then put the stuff in it. And we did a music festival a lot of years ago and probably sweat more in like, the steward's van than I did in the tent because it was just horrible. Um, and, but there's something beautiful, like, and it's kind of weird saying this based on what I just said. There's something beautiful about camping. And it's quite, it's quite intimate, isn't it? You know, Whenever you're in a campsite, there's tents all around you. It's very personal. You kind of you can hear things that other people are talking about, and you hear things that you don't want to hear. <laughs> and then, so you have to be careful what you eat maybe as well. But it's very it's very personal, and it's very it forces community and forces relationship. And you can't really hide. You can you know you can hear you know when there's that person that's kind of you know that weird person. And if you don't know that weird person, it's probably you. So there's always that weird person you don't want to see, but then you always bump into them, you know, and, and whatever. But it's just this beautiful idea that Jesus pitches his tent in our tent. And he came, he came out of heaven and he came to earth and said, I want to dwell with you guys. I want to hang out with you. I want to I wanna talk to you. I want to go for coffee. I want to go for a walk. I want to go for a run, what, whatever you do. You know, he, want, he wants to come and dwell with us. And it's just this beautiful image I get of, like, of Jesus just coming in into the campsite, just dropping his bag down and just starting to set up this wee tent. And having a wee chat, you know, I, I helped Andy set up for uh, Summer Madness again, so I helped. Um, I probably just carried a few bags, didn't really much use. But it was just like other people were setting up their tents and you were chatting away to them. And, and it's just wonderful and great. And that's what, that's what Jesus wants to do with us. And that's what he did with us. But I think sometimes it's very easy to, uh, to get used to him, maybe. Um, and we get a bit taken for granted. And we kind of, maybe we, d- we don't acknowledge him, or we, we do ignore him. We run around the campsite, we go the other way, we, we stay in bed a bit later because we know he gets up at nine. So if I, if I, 
I mean, I'll get up earlier. I'll stay later. And we're, we're trying to avoid him. We're trying to miss him. And you know, and or he just plain ignore him. And and that, that's a little bit that's a little bit upsetting. So I think this is where I want to go to next. Um, the the key text, I guess, for today. Um, Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. I think I'll read it from here. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way. He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. And Mary, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Um, I think we can all probably identify as a, as a Mary and a Martha. Um, you know, sometimes we, we do like to get busy. And, you know, it's important to be busy. I think it's, it's good to do things. It's good to, to be active. But there's something beautiful about whenever Jesus comes, we can switch off. He, he comes in whenever he comes to like he physically came to the house as as a person, not just a spirit, but a person. And even at that point, you know, there were it's like oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. And yes, we all need a cup of tea, and praise the Lord for people who make good cups of tea. But whenever Jesus shows up, the tea can wait. We can hear what he has to say. We can let him do what he wants to do, and then we'll have our tea afterwards. And you know, when I think the question I ask myself. And I'm going to ask you guys if that's okay. Is what are we distracted by? And it wasn't a bad thing that that uh, Martha was distracted by. She was she wanted to make some food. That's a good thing. Like food is good. But what are we distracted by? And what are the the good things that we are distracted by? Um, as I say, not all the, the distractions in our lives are necessarily bad things. So maybe it's, maybe it's work. Um, some of us have important jobs. Some of us have real jobs. Some of us do whatever we do. And we do get a bit, maybe we do get distracted. We're so focused and we're, and we're kind of busy. And it comes to, you know, maybe life group night. It comes to church. I'm like, I'm a bit tired. I'm a bit, I'm not feeling it. And we just think, but I'm really busy. My job's really important. And it might well be, really. I mean, I commend people who have serious jobs, who like doctors and nurses and teachers and wise people and important people. Um, you, you commend people like that, but we can't let those things become the, the preeminence and take, take first place in our life. Because we'll, we'll, we'll do, it's so easy to say, I'm tired. And then what I kind of found was um, I went through a bit of a, a life-changing situation a couple of years ago. And I, I, I love my job. It's really good. I was working in a hardware, a hardware store in America. Um, so lots of wonderful people to meet and lots of crazy Americans to meet. But I thoroughly enjoyed my job. But what I found was I started picking up more hours. You know, life took a bit of a turn. And I'm like, instead of maybe turning to Jesus, you know, going around to, to find the people, what did I do? Do any more hours available? What will I do? You know, you start working a 30-hour week, and next thing you're doing a 50-hour week. And, you know, work needs to be done. It's important. But I wasn't looking after myself. I was using my work to medicate the fact that I didn't want to deal with the issues that I was going through, that I didn't want to fix whatever it was and, and ask myself the question, what am I going to do here? And I think it's very easy. You know, it's a, it's a default reaction. I'll get busy. And you know, that's um, not necessarily the best thing to do. Family. Um, uh, some of us have really good families, don't we? And you know, we do all the family thing, and we get distracted, and we're we're so focused about oh, okay, we've got to go to Sunday lunch today. You know, Aunt Ethel's coming around, so what? 
I wish it, if we're going to finish soon, because you know the roast isn't going to cook itself. You need to p- need to peel the studs, and we're we're thinking of that there instead of just being present here here now in church and and whatever that looks like. Oh, you know, um, my sister phones me. Oh, I've got this drama going on, which sometimes she does to me. And you know, you look at the phone, and you're like, I know if I'm going to answer this, I'm going to be here for a while. It's okay. I can tell she's not in this morning, and she'll not listen to the podcast, so we're good. And uh, so, and so, what I can choose to do is, if I'm, if I've got stuff going on, I can be like, you know, no, I'm not listening. You know, any, anything. I'm, I'm spending time with Jesus. I'm out with my friend now. I don't necessarily want to hear about whatever it might be. Sometimes it's good things she says as well. Um, and our friends, and not to seem as family and church, I think we get very easily distracted by by coming to church. Um, coming to church is a very, very good thing. It's an amazing thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, and it's very important, but I think it's whatever we come and we start. We're more worried about putting the chairs out. We're more worried about I'm on, I'm on the cafe this morning, so I need to go and you know make the coffee and make the tea and get everything out and get the biscuits all ready and the donuts. Or we're on the kids' team and we're like, we just run in and we run run straight up to the the classroom that we're in, and we fail to look around and see the people that are here with us, and maybe ask God, why are we really here? Who in this who in this room can I can I encourage? Who in this room can I can I share some love with? Who can I? Who can? Who can encourage me? You know, we get so distracted, so busy, and we kind of forget why we're coming to church. And you know, I guess my prayer is that we would never forget why we're coming to church. It's the encounter of Jesus, because you know, as much as, as great and wonderful as you guys are, you know, I, I love hanging out with some well, some of you, um, and I haven't hung out with some of you, so I can't say anything. As great as and wonderful as that is, we can hang out anytime. You know, we can go for coffee, we can go for a run, and be taught how to run properly. Or, or, or we can do whatever, we can go shopping and we can go for food. But we come here together to, there's that one thing we have in common. It's something deeper, something greater, and it's, it's to find Jesus. And I've I, I got this little line. I'm going to let you use it if you want. It's my, I think it's my line for the year. Um, I don't have it up here, I don't think. Um, we need to learn to switch off and plug in. We need to learn to switch off and plug in. We switch off from the busyness of life and the distractions that are there for us and unplug into what's really happening. You know, what, what are we doing? And if we don't even know what we're doing, then let's figure it out. Let's, let's find it. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's pray. Let's, let's ask Jesus. You know, what is, where am I going in life? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And instead of just kind of wandering around aimlessly doing life and, and all that there, all the busyness that, that, that there entails. And that there, thanks. That there is going to involve another question we need to ask ourselves. And this is another really important question. Um, so and that question is, what am I saying yes to? And what am I saying no to? And whenever we say yes to something, we need to be conscious of the fact that we're saying no to something else. And, are we, do we, and maybe that's a bit deep and a bit like, get over it. You know, I'm asking you for coffee. But it's this idea of, should it, you know, am I asking God? Am I going before God? Do I know where, my, where, where I'm going with life? Or is there something else I need to be doing? Do I need to be spending time in God's presence? Do I need to be reading the Bible? Do I need to be hanging out with that person that really needs Jesus, that really needs a friend? Or do I need to be selfish and be like, oh, I, I love them. I love them. Look, Kyle, Kyle's my mate. I love them. I talk to them. But you know, what about the other people in my life? What about the people that, that are maybe at their, their wit's end or, or a bit, they're depressed or they're struggling? They're, they're, just, they're lonely or whatever it might be. By me saying yes to one thing, I need to know what I'm saying no to. And I might be saying no to 
a better thing or a greater thing or something that will give me greater purpose or that's more for me. And what does that look like? I hear you ask. Saying yes to something, no to something else. Um, I came home from America about nearly two years ago and I was dealing with myself. And I decided I needed to, to, to start saying yes and no to the right things. And for me, I quite enjoy TV. And I do enjoy a wee, a wee binge watch of the series. And I in the period of about seven weeks, I managed to watch, does anyone watch Grey's Anatomy? Especially on TV the other day. So I, I think I might have broke a world record. I watched 11 series in six weeks. And I think as much as it, you know, that's impressive. I think, look back, you know, it's brilliant. You know, like, I literally, there were some days, on, on my day off, I was up at 8 o'clock in the morning, Grey's was on, breakfast was being made, and I just lay on the sofa all day watching Grey's. I watched this about 10 or 11 at night. And I got through 11 series in six or seven weeks. And as, oh, that's, it, that's, that's commendable, brilliant. It didn't help me in, in, in the long run. It helped me get caught up on Grace, which, if you haven't watched it, really, it's brilliant. But I was using the TV to medicate and, and to, to take away from what God was doing and what was going on in my life. It was so easy just to, to, to turn on and, and watch it. I love it. It's brilliant. I still love it. I, I, don't, I don't binge watch. I'm good. I'm over that. So I took the, the decision. You know what? TV. I don't need it. I don't want to watch TV. I'm not, you know, I, I cancelled Netflix, Amazon, whatever it was. All those streaming services are available. And whatever it is, you know, I cancelled it and said, you know what, instead of watching TV, I need to press into Jesus. Because what, what am I doing when I'm watching TV? I'm not thinking about what's going on. I'm not, I'm not addressing the real issues. I'm not, I'm not looking at you know, the thing that, that bothers me inside. That's not being dealt with. So I, I just decided that that's it. I'm done with TV. And I probably didn't watch TV easily, like any TV, like not even like fun TV or like the news or anything. Um, I didn't watch it for about three or four months. And in that time, whenever I would have watched TV, I was like, right, God, what are we doing? So I'd go for a walk, go for a run, I'll, I'll read, I'll listen to music. And I just kind of sat there and forced this decision to be made to ask those questions. What am I avoiding in life? What am I, what am I not dealing with? Because I'd much rather watch something on, on TV. And I thoroughly recommend it. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, completely changed, like it's, it transformed and changed my life because my, my perspective... My perspective completely changed, and this picture actually, um, I was walking home from work one morning, and the picture might not, it's not a great picture, I'm, I'm, no, I'm no photographer, as, as you can clearly tell, but what I liked about this picture was, I was kind of standing right where this wee, uh, the wee breaker bed is, uh, where you can walk out, and I looked at it, and it was just this beautiful picture of, of life, because, you know, life being the sea, and like, this wee beautiful corner on the left hand side was, was so peaceful. It was so calm, and, and, and you know, it looked like you could walk on it. It was so smooth and beautiful. And then to the right, was a bit, it was a bit choppy. It was a bit choppy looking at what the picture shows, but the camera doesn't lie, apparently. But what, what that spoke to me was, in that middle, that's, that's whenever we invite Jesus in and say, God, I need, I need a break. I need a rest. And in the, middle, in the middle of our storm, in the middle of our sea, in the middle of that day of chaos, you just rock up and stand there and be like, you're looking at one side and you just see peace and serenity and calmness. And on this side, it's like, what just happened? But it's okay because, because Jesus is with us. And he says, that's fine. See, see what, what, you, what you had and what it was. 
that's not the way it has to be, and that's not the way it's going to be. But for this year and this side, just just focus on that and, and dwell upon that, and and let me let me take you through it. Let me journey that with you, and and, and change your change change your your perspective and change your view on it. And there's a couple of people I just want to look at. I'm not going to spend too much time. You'd be very glad to hear about people in the Bible who said yes, and people who said no to this idea of the invitation that, that God's given. Because, you know, God God has a, a call for all of us. There's something for each and every one of us to do. And uh, the first person, I'm just like, Elisha. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you can find it in First uh, Kings 19. Um, so Elijah went from there and found Elisha. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th plow. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come to you, come with you. Go back, Elijah said, what have I done to you? So Elisha left him, went back. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. This is probably one of the best examples of someone who said yes in the Bible. Um, Elisha, there was no waiting around. God spoke to him, and straight away he's like, what have I got to do? I want to go after this. And he went back and, you know, he, all the stuff, all, all his life, he, he just left it there, and he moved forward. It wasn't the case of like, yeah, but I've got a really good job. I want, can, can I do my job and follow you, God? Or what about my friends? I've, I've got some really good friends. Can I, can, I, can I have my friends and continue on? And Elisha just said, you know, you know what? The call of God in my life is greater. What God has for me is so much greater than what, what my, my current situation has. And, and he jumped in after him. And then Elisha ended up having a, a double portion of, of Elijah's anointing. And you know, he went on to, to accomplish great, amazing things and great things. It's a very good read if you want, if you want to read uh, uh, Kings and Second Kings to see a little bit about him. Lots of good uh, lessons and, and things to learn. And another person who we're all quite familiar with, if you've seen the film, or sorry, read the Bible, um, is uh, no- Noah. Oh, wait, one more. Come on. Noah. No, it's the order. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. And it's that, you find it in Genesis 6, but it's just that one verse. Um, so God kind of lists out, I want you to make an ark, I want you to do this, that, and the other. And I'm sure Noah had questions like, what's a flood? Or what's an ark? But he didn't, he didn't worry about it. He just said, he just did everything as God commanded him. And could we do that? Do we do that? Are we willing to do that? Just that I don't, I don't care if I don't know what it looks like. But God, you kind of do. You kind of got this. Um, I know that's a question you can ask yourselves. I want to I be more like Noah. I don't want to build a boat, but I want to follow after God with, with everything that he has. And I don't want to ask the questions. Because the question is, what do they matter? So let's just go on a journey. Let's just go and have fun. And that comes from the relationship that Noah had. And whenever we have that relationship with, with, with God, when he asks us those questions, we don't, we don't need to worry about it. You know, when you have our friends and they say, Joe, do you want to go out? You're not like, where are we going? What are we doing? What do you need to wear? You know, do you need to bring a passport? Or whatever. You just say, oh, let's go. And you just go and enjoy it. And that's the same idea. Because we have that relationship with Jesus, because we've encountered him, because we've, we've met with him in, 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 our, in our bedrooms, in our kitchens, in our toilets, in our cars, wherever it might be, 
whenever he, he asks us a question, we're okay. We're like, that's okay. We don't need, we're not like, but what about this? But what about that? Because all those things don't matter. And we can learn from people like in the Bible. They're, they're good, good examples. And we can learn from ourselves too. You know, I know a few people's stories in here and they inspire me and encourage me. So if you, if you need a little bit of encouragement, come and talk to people. Like go to the cafe and I can, I can point you in the direction of a few people who have nice stories to tell and they, and they survived. And that's what we need to do. Not only to look at the Bible, but to look at people in our life. The people that God's put in our path. We need to be faithful to be like, okay, God, why are these people in my life? Why, you know, why have our paths crossed at this time? Because God, God knows what he's doing. And he, he brings people along to encourage us and to, and to help us. So uh, Elisha and Noah said yes. And I'm not sure. Um, I don't think no is an answer to say to God as such. I think it's more a case of not yet. Because if you say no, that's saying like there's, there's no hope. That's it. Once you said no, that's it. And the best example um, that I, I could think of was uh, was Jonah. And Paul would be really happy. I've got a map. I've got a map. I'm sorry, I've got to find if I can tell you. I don't think. So Jonah, you'll find him in the Bible. Um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of that fellow there. Go to the great city of, of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed toward, headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship um, bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And I, so, but the reason I say it's not a no to God because we know we know what happens in the end. Jonah kind of gets himself sorted and he comes back, and uh, it's all good. It's all good. We don't need to worry about it. If you haven't read it, spoiler alert: he comes back and it's. It's good. God restores him. But I was like, how far away is, you know, Nineveh and, and Tarshish? And I'm sure m- maybe someone in here might be interested to know. So Tar- Tarshish is here down in south of Spain. Not a bad place to go, but if that's not where God has you to be, then that's irrelevant. But if you look at the journey here, um, Joppa and Nineveh, 550 miles. I know some of us might freak out at that. It's like, it's forever away. That's like, that's like more than an hour's drive. Not really. 500 miles isn't really that far. But two and a half thousand miles, he got a bit off track. You know, and maybe we'll, we could joke and say, you know, but that's not me. You know, I wouldn't do that. I'd never run away from God. Um, maybe we need to ask ourselves the question, but am I where God wants me to be? Um, for the purpose of this illustration, I was going to hide behind Chantel. Because no one's going to throw anything or try and hurt her at the minute with a broken leg, which is too far away. So we'll just stand near Paul. You know, what is it, what is it that God's asked us to do? And maybe we're not doing it. It's like, but God, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, really, I'm a really good singer. I, I could be the next. Who's a good singer? Justin Bieber. I could, I could be the next uh, Ed Sheeran. It's like, but and you've, you've given me this, this, beautif- this beautiful voice, and I can play guitar, I can write stuff. It's like, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue this. And God's like, what about the worship team? Have you considered that? What, do, you fancy, do you fancy doing a bit of worship? Or, but God, you've called me to, the, the, to plant a church. You've called me to, to lead, 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 lead the Northern Ireland out of its current meltdown and RHI scandals and economic breakdown. And you've called me to do all that there. So why am I, I, I'm, I'm going to find a job in Stormont. It's like, start leading in your own church. 
started leading where it was dodgy. Stop trying to get too far down the path. Don't, don't worry about getting the, the parachute. Just, just follow me. And there's this beautiful verse in the Bible. And something about, you know, if, if we humble ourselves, God's going to raise us up. And that's quite beautiful because then we don't have to worry about it. We can, it, it's completely, it takes the stress and the pressure off us completely. Because God's going to raise us up so we don't have to worry about it. And like, hang on, we could go for an easy ride here. I can struggle to try and like become the next, I don't know, whatever it is. I gave up my dream of being a footballer when I was about nine. So it's, you know, I, 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 I could submit to what God has and God will do all the work for me. And I love it in, in, in Matthew uh, 11 when it talks about take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If, if, we, if we just do what Jesus wants, follow his voice and follow what he has for us, then um, it's, it's easy, it's a gift. We don't have to worry about it. Doesn't mean it's going to it's going life's going to be plain sailing. Maybe there'll be difficult times, but we can just say, if we if we're truly yoked in with what God's doing and where He has us, whenever it does get tough, it's like, right, God, you want me out here? You said, as opposed to, you know, me, me chasing after my own dream and then getting halfway in, in a wee boat. I, I don't know if I'd play in back in those days. Probably in a boat, floating along the Mediterranean Sea, being like, God, why why is this so difficult? What's this all about? Well, I never told you to go there in the first place. So as we as we um follow what he has for us and um, uh, I really do uh, whenever I was preparing this the other week I got a real I was drawn to Joshua and I, I believe it for someone in here today um, and you kind of feel a little bit like Joshua um, marching around Jericho and you've been you're following God and you're being faithful and you're like but God you said you said and what's like I'm stuck I'm not seeing it you know, the walls aren't coming down. There's been no change. There's been no breakthrough. And, and God quite clearly spoke to me and said, you know, don't stop. Keep on going. Um, Steve Furtick, um, quite one, one of my favorite preachers, um, pre- preached a sermon and said, don't stop on six. And too many of us get there to day six and marching around Jericho. And we, we just, we get tired. We get frustrated. Or we just, I'm done. I've got nothing else to do. Just one more day. Just one more day. Keep hanging in there. Just be faithful. And the Bible says in Galatians about, you know, don't grow weary in, in doing good. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in to close now. Is that, is that good? So by show of hands, who will give me five more minutes? No, three, three minutes, anybody? Three, one, two, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. Brilliant. Just another 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> no one else is willing to pray with me. And I'm quite glad that we were praying beforehand. And Chantel alluded to this verse. And it made me smile. Um, two two verses in closing that we need to get to in in order to uh, to accept the invitation that Jesus has for us and to be able to walk in in what He wants for us. And these are two verses that I've, I've, like I've said it before. I don't know they they've came alive for me. They're, they're no longer just just words on a page in the Bible. They're now like so much more than that. I look at it. I'm like wow. It blows my mind. And it's in John 6, verses 60 to 69. Um, I'm not going to go there. But Jesus is teaching. And it gets all difficult. It gets all weird talking about, like, drinking blood and brothers and family and weirdness. And a lot of the followers walk away. A lot of his listeners were like, this is too much. This is too deep. I'm out of here. I'm not interested. That's too much for me. I'm okay with coming to church. And maybe I'll maybe go to life group. But don't ask me to get involved. Don't ask me to, to, to be on a team. Don't ask me to, to serve or... Don't ask me to pour tea. I'm not up for pouring tea. I'm above that. 
and, and Jesus then looks to his disciples and he says, are you guys going to go too? Like, you know, it's, it's too much. And Peter, Peter the legend, um, always straight from the hip, turned around and said, where else are we going to go? Like, who else can we turn to? There's literally nothing else in life that, that comes close to knowing you, Jesus. So I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care how, how hard the road looks. If you're there, God, I'm staying with you. I don't want to do it without you. And I can honestly say that for my life too. Um, I was talking to a good friend who just happens to be here. And it, it, discussion came up about, you know, regrets in life and is there anything that you would change? And, you know, it's like knowing now that if you knew then what you know now, what would you do differently? And, like, I can honestly say I wouldn't do anything differently because it's on that journey that you learn who you are. And it's on that journey that you find Jesus. And that's just amazing and, and beautiful. And there's some... And if you, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to regret... I wouldn't regret anything I've done in my life because it's brought me to where I am now. And if I had to go through it all again to find Jesus, 100%, do it again easily because there's something beautiful about finding Jesus in the midst of your storm, in the midst of the, the crisis in life, and, and just switching off, being like, you know what, God, I, I, I don't care what's on TV, and I don't care what the World Cup's on. I need to find you. I need, I need to, what are you saying right now? I don't care what Gary Lineker, Gary Lineker's got to say. I want to I hear what you're saying to me right now. And there's something beautiful about that, to get to that dark place. And the other is uh, Moses, the original me. I don't know if I am. Um, in Exodus 33, um, he's having this dialogue with God. And he says, God, see if your presence doesn't go. We're not going. I don't want to go. I'm not interested. You know, it's without your presence, without you with us, it's pointless. It's it's a futile effort to try and coexist. And that's where my prayer is that I stay and, and I go to and that we as a church go there. And I'm incredi- incredibly excited about what God's doing in, in the life of our church and, and where we're at at the minute. And where we're going and just uh, insider, I- insider's info here. Some great life groups coming up. Um, so we just really plug into it and, and, and get get involved because God's doing something. God's God's changing, and this is going to be an exciting year for for us as a church and and for Carrick and just for everything. Um, because God's really uh, yeah, God's on the move. So we just need to get ourselves to that place. My my encouragement and is let let God take you somewhere. Um, you know, like I say, the, the invitation, the greatest invitation. This is the three of them. Um, one is to know Jesus. If we don't know Jesus, we'll invite you this morning to, to come and know him, to come and encounter him, to come and meet him for the first time, and maybe to come back to Jesus. And that's not necessarily to say that um, use Christian jargon of, of backslidden, but maybe we're just a bit, we know we're not what we're supposed to be. We're just, we're flirting with, with church. We're flirting a wee bit. We're kind of, we're not all in. And the invitation this morning is, Come back in. Come back and find Jesus. You come back and he's standing there. It's this the beautiful image of the prodigal son. The father's standing there. He's breaking all the rules of the day, saying, just come on, come back. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what, I don't care about the excuses, whatever it might be. I love you, and I want to be with you. I want, I want to hang out with you. And the last invitation is to, to embrace Jesus for, for all that he has for us. Not the, it's not playing church. It's not playing. It's the, I, I know there's more. And I, I want it. I want more. And from my my journey in the last um, year to year and a half, 
just been phenomenal. And like, I wish, like, I, I wish you could just like, I wish there was a magic formula, because there kind of is. There is a magic formula. It's Jesus. You know, I could, I could, I was going to say I wish I could pass it on to you, but I can't, because whenever we do do things, Jesus then he can impart things, and he can give it away. And that comes from, from community, that comes from relationship, that comes from hanging out. So if anyone wants to hang out, hit me up. Email me, text me, Facebook me. I'll happily share my story with you and, and, and share what God's done. And there's something beautiful about getting together with people because it, it sharpens you. Um, there's a verse in there in the, in the Bible that talks about that. And maybe even on, on our Facebook page this morning um, about how whenever, whenever we get together, we, we, we provoke one another to good works. We sharpen each other, we encourage each other, and, and it's, it's exciting and it's a good thing. So if I could waffle for long enough, um, I'm going to pass over to, to Paul. But the invitation, you know, consider it and ask yourself where you're at.